Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Hello, this is Chris, and welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to help you be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. You know, today I'm really excited to be able to bring you a guest that that I met just recently with some work that he's doing to be able to help every dad that he can come in front of, and I'm going to say dad, but it could be any man that he's coming in front of, to be able to get them connected with resources that are going to help them no matter what situation that they're in. We're going to talk about some of that today. Dale Curd is with us today, and we're going to be talking about some of the, the great things that he's doing in regards to the men's list, as well as the child therapy list. You may never have heard of those, but you're going to learn more about those here as we talk today. But, but first and foremost, we want to talk about Dale as a father. Dale, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm really excited about this. You know, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you too. I know uh, you would talk to me a little bit at the forefront about being in a blended family mm-hmm. and having a blended family. So I guess first and foremost, let's kind of set the stage. So people that are, that, so someone that's listening right now can get a better feel for you as a father and in your family dynamic. Well, that's, a, that's great. Where would you like to start? I, I could start at today. We could start today. So as of today, I'm the father of two amazing children from two different marriages. Uh, I have a 13-year-old daughter and a 23-year-old son. And, you know, I would say we're a blended family. The, the relationship that we have with my son's mother and her husband, and he has two children from a previous relationship as well. You know, we've done our best, I think, all of us as parents to take on the role of being our best or looking at what's going to get in our way of being our best when it comes to parenting and being there for all the kids. So we really see the family as more than just our own children, but we're kind of we're kind of there for all the kids because the reality is, and we got to this kind of quite early. The reality, especially from from my son's point of view, is that his family includes the the children that are that he lives with in one household, and they include our daughter that he lives with in this household, and he moves back and forth. So, we, you know, that's his reality, and uh, we realized as parents, and I realized as a father, that that was a reality I had to accept if I wanted to meet my son where he's at and, and, and really help him. And when our daughter came along in 2007, you know, for her, this is what she has grown up in. This was the setup 10 years going by the time she was born. And so she doesn't know any other way that our family behaves. And so for her, this is her brother and his mom is not her mom, but they share the same father. Now, this is the Dads with Daughters podcast. So I have to delve into your relationship with your daughter. You said that you came into your parenting of being a dad to a daughter after having a son uh, that is a bit older than than your daughter. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about your first reaction when you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. Well, that 
That's a moment because she was born through cesarean birth. And so I was actually the first one to hold her. And I have to be honest with you, gender was, wasn't on my mind when I first held her. What, what was really on my mind was how the experience of holding this child was so much the same, yet so very different from holding um, uh, my first child. And, and then I would say it was about 20 minutes of that sort of, wow, this is so crazy that, that it's similar, but yet it is so different. And then the, the only other thing that I really remember that stands out for me was that uh, she was really, really calm. And she had this kind of natural scent of, um, of like vanilla, which was just, I guess, just the film of, of the, um, that was on her skin. And, you know, and then our story, our, her birth story and our story as parents took a real sudden turn because my wife had a complication as a result of the pregnancy, uh, one of a handful of rare, rare cases in Ontario. Um, she's the third woman since the 1970s to have this happen. And she almost passed away. That was about three days later. But what happened was she was too sick to, to really care for our daughter. So I was in the hospital holding her. And I remember the, our first night, I was moving from hospital room to hospital room, holding on to her. She hadn't had a name yet because we weren't clear who she was. We, we had a bunch of names, but they didn't seem to fit. So I was just holding her and talking to her, but moving from hospital room to hospital room all through the night, laying on empty beds until a nurse would come along and say, you guys have to move because I couldn't go back in and disturb my wife because she was out cold. And I remember talking to her and making a promise to her. And the, and the promise that I made to her, which I still hold today and will always hold, is that I will be here for you to lean on, to lean in. I will help you. I will protect you. And I will love you. I will never take my love away from you. And I, I made that promise to her that, that in that first 24 hours. And you know, I, I, I still feel the same way. If anything, I feel those things are much stronger inside of me now. Now, you might have just answered this question that came, comes to mind, which talks about, to me, that all of us as fathers have experiences that we'll never forget as our kids are getting older. And it may have been that first moment, but as you think about the relationship that you have with your daughter, what would you say has been the most memorable experience that you've had thus far as a father to a daughter? That's a great question because as I'm sure every time you've asked it of a father, they, there's a flood of memories and, and it's like you have to pick from the significant ones and why are they significant? Because as human beings, you know, all we do is we attach meaning to things, to events. So the events themselves really have no significance unless you associate something with them. You know, so I could say that hearing her speak, watching her play and laugh, certainly big, big moments for me. We used to spend a lot of time together so that my wife could rest and our daughter had this great habit when she would sit in her stroller that she her toes were more like fingers in their dexterity and she could wrap them around the front uh, bar of the stroller and they were her her toes were always talking they were always moving and communicating and i remember like just how 
how awesome that was that that's how she was actually taking in the world, you know? And, you know, and then I would say the most significant experience of her one to sort of three was that she didn't sleep regularly. She was on and off again when it comes to sleep. And for about two years, and we tried um, a number of different uh, wells sort of tread strategies, but nothing seemed to work. And so it ended up that I was having what seemed to be a battle of wills with a toddler but really, I was having a battle of wills with myself and my lack of sleep. But I say that was a significant experience in that I really got to learn how strong her will is inside of her. And she still possesses that today. She's steadfast in, in her decisions about things that she wants, who she is, her views. She's, she's quite steadfast, um, quite empathetic and quite compassionate and steadfast in what she knows about herself, you know? I don't know. There've been, you know, it's a great question. I, I could talk for 13 years because there's, there's something every single day that she says or does that I go, wow. You know, we have an ongoing joke. My, my, my wife and I, uh, with our daughter, she, she keeps on asking us to homeschool her. And um, we say, listen, we'd love to homeschool you, but we're just not smart enough. You're just too bright for us. And in a lot of ways, that's, that's true. There's a truism in the trope. She's really, really smart, really creative and our job, quite frankly, we figured out is to just sort of get out of the way and let her experience as much as she possibly can. Now, I know your daughter is 13 right now, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, she's got a long life ahead of her. But mm-hmm. as you think about the life that you are hoping that she is able to lead in the future, what would you say is your biggest fear in raising a daughter today? Well, I, it's my biggest fear about both my children. It's not, it's not specific to her gender. I would say my biggest fear is that they let their fear or fears hold them back. That, you know, I heard it said um, a while ago that the, the, the winners at life are the ones who get through their fears the fastest. And I think that's absolutely accurate. And one of the things I've noticed in terms of the work that I do as a, as a coach and as a counselor, and one of the reasons why I started the men's list and with my wife, the child therapy list, was that for the vast majority of people, 90% approximately, we're not living with a diagnosable mental illness. We're not living with something that is a clinical disorder. What we're living with is the impact of our conditioning and our belief system. And many of us, myself included, have had to figure out how we hold ourselves back in life, how we rob ourselves of a deep, intimate relationship, or how we rob ourselves of of realizing our potential when it comes to our work or our gifts how we rob ourselves of living a really healthy life. It's, it's the ways that we hold ourselves back. And I think my deepest fear, to be honest, is that, that my daughter's life gets smaller rather than larger because she won't step into the work around figuring out what really she is afraid of and coming through that. I think you're right. I think that that is definitely a fear for any father of being able to help them to maneuver, help your kids to maneuver through fear, help them to break down fear into what it really is, and to allow for them to be able to develop coping mechanisms for themselves, to be able to then figure out how they can move forward with achieving the dreams of success that they want for their own lives. 
And I can say as a father of two myself, I mean, I, I want both of my kids to be able to find success in anything that they do. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's not going to happen. You know, failure is sometimes success in its own light because it's a, it's a learning process. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely not something that any of us like to see be, because it's sometimes really challenging. But it is something that we do have to support and we have to help our kids to be able to maneuver through those processes. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, you tra- started to talk about the men's list and the child therapy list. And um, for me, when you and I first started talking, I had not explored these these websites and these resources. And as I looked further and further into them, I said to myself, I wish I had seen these many, many years ago when, you know, when my kids were young or when, you know, when I might have first been married, because there's a lot of great resources here. But I guess to step back, because there's going to be other people like myself that have never heard of these, never seen these before, don't know the backstory to why these even exist. So talk to me about what made you decide to create the men's list, but also work with your wife to create the child therapy list to be able to provide resources such as what are on these sites. And I'll, I'll let you explain what some of these resources are. And, and, and then we'll go from there. So I, both my wife and I, Kim, both Kim and I are big believers in the, in the, in therapy, in counseling, uh, in the work that it takes for us to sort of, as I say, step into what we're afraid of, or step into some of the some of the belief systems that we've been conditioned and grown up in and learned and never questioned, we're big believers in the process of doing that exploratory work. We've both done it ourselves. We're the probably a great evidence or great uh, testimonials for the power of therapy because we both chose to become mental health professionals as a result of the personal work that we've we've both done. We've both been in groups and we really believe in the power that comes from being in a facilitated peer support process, you know, where I get to see how I behave and how I relate with so many different other types of people and to get that honest in the moment feedback from other people in a way that can actually help me really look at who I am and how I actually occur to other people. So the the men's list began in July of 2019 and for me it's it's an evolution of my work working with men specifically. So I I started in groups, I then co-facilitated and then facilitated and led men's groups for about 15, 16 years in uh, in Toronto. Uh, I've done some online work. I've done some some online coaching work with men. So I've really developed an expertise in working with men. And one of the things that I realized with the number of men that I've actually spent time with and helped is that there wasn't a resource specifically for men that matched them or made it easy for them to match with mental health professionals who had expertise in working with men. And I always get asked is, you know, is there a difference between working with men and working with women? And there is. And and one of those differences is as a result of the conditioning that uh, both genders uh, grow up in. Women tend to grow up in a more relational conversational environment, which makes them 
more emotionally articulate. It makes them more comfortable in the setting of face-to-face intimate conversation, which is what therapy is. So it's no wonder that the therapy business is 75, 80% female clientele and 75, 80% practitioners. Men don't gravitate to -to face-to-face intimate conversation. We have to come to that. We have to feel safe with that. Um, And so there are certain sensibilities that that come uh, when you work with guys that you have to learn. And I have learned those and others have learned those. So it occurred to me that a directory of those professionals um, would serve a need. And, And it's been true. Since we started in July of 2019, We've had thousands of viewers um, to the site. We have content there for them. But more importantly, we have practitioners listed in the United States, the United Kingdom, and Canada. We cover those three regions primarily. And in December of 2019, Kim and I had many conversations about the men's list and realized that uh, another underserved sector of the population were parents. So parents of young children, parents of adolescents were searching and in forum groups, talking to each other, trying to get help. And they were having a lot of difficulty finding really good local mental health professionals who worked with children and adolescents. And so it it occurred to us that the need was also there. And in December of 2019, uh, we started the child therapy list. So that's the backstory of how those came about. And our goal really is to be a bridge between the people who are looking for mental health support and the local professionals who are certified. And, and we make no judgment on whether they're a psychologist, a psychiatrist, a counselor, a coach. In our mind, if you're qualified and you're certified and you help people in terms of their mental health, we want you in our directory. Because we know that people are looking, and we also know that sometimes the breakthrough or the the growth that happens for a person doesn't come from any one profession. It comes from a number of different approaches. So you that know, was I, our aim. Yeah, no, this is, it's a great aim, and I think that it's definitely something that is needed. I think that what I've seen in the communities that we run on, in Fathering Together is men are not always willing to be vulnerable and they're not always willing to come to that space. Kind of like what you said about the people that are seeing therapists, that there's this feeling of vulnerability that has to occur for them to be able to take the most out of the experience. But also there is a, in some cases, I guess, I would say that some men are, are, raised to see this as a weakness, right? If you need to get help, you're weak. And that's not the case. You know, it you can only get stronger with getting help and getting help when you need it. And that's what I love about what you have here, especially in the men's list, is that if you visit the men's list, you have the opportunity to be able to truly search through a ton of different areas. I'm looking at the website right now. And as you look here, it's alphabetical and it goes from everything from dealing with abuse, alcohol, anger management, anxiety, all the way down to issues of PTSD, sex and sexuality, sleep issues and work. And there's a ton of other things 
in between as well. And as you look at the child therapy list, there's even other issues, things that you and I deal with on a regular basis with kids, mm-hmm. you know, behavioral issues, autism, autism spectrum, anxiety, grief, loss, self-harm, separation and divorce, all kinds of things that are not only going to impact you as a father, but they're going to impact your kids in so many ways. And none of us can truly believe that we have all the answers, even as as Dale was saying, even therapists are seeing therapists because of the fact that, I mean, not there's you, you need to have someone that you can talk to. And if you don't have that support, you need to have someone that's in your, I'm going to say in your camp, right? You need someone that's going to be there for you. And that's what I'm hearing you say, Dale, is this really is opening up the world to men to be able to, and parents, to be able to find ways to be able to open up dialogues, not only for themselves, but their families, and to be able to help them to be able to find that light at the end of the tunnel. Very much so. I like how you put that. And I think for for men, when it comes to vulnerability, there's a picture of what that looks like. And it's that picture or that association with being vulnerable that men are actually conditioned to avoid or, or shamed by other men or, uh, or by boys when they're younger. It's not vulnerability per se, but it's the picture of a certain kind of vulnerability that, that is deemed as, as weak. And yet it's only within the last... 150 years, 160 years, that that interpretation or that image of vulnerability, the breaking down, the crying, the, the sobbing, the, the full meltdown, that, that it's only been within the last 100 to 160 years that that's actually been the interpretation of vulnerability. Because prior to that, the world was very male-centric the world was, you know, it was only men uh, who were doing the writing of poetry and literature. It was only men who were doing the recording of music. It was only men that were, were predominantly the painters. So there was a full range of vulnerability. And their understanding of vulnerability in the classic sense was to, was to, to be in connected to what you feel. Even the Stoics, even the Stoics, the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans realized that you could not have a full realized life, that you would be half a man if you were removed from what you feel, that feelings were informative. So it's really only been in the last little while in terms of human uh, history and especially Western civilization, that a certain type of vulnerability has really gotten a bad rap. And I can tell you, because I've spent thousands of hours of group time with guys, that when a guy feels like he's safe, he will open up and he will share what's really going on in his mind and he'll share what's really going on in terms of what he feels. As long as he feels safe, and as long as he feels met. It's so important. Now, if people want to take a look at both of these, I'm going to put a link in our notes today so that people are able to find both of these. But but kind of walk me through how, if somebody goes to the men's list, how does this work? They go to the men's list, they see a category that they want to delve in deeper, and then what happens? 
Well, typically it's a great question. So what we, what we, how we've designed the experience is that um, we have lots of content and we're posting new content all the time. What we hope to do is we, if you're looking for, for instance, um, one of our more popular content uh, pieces is around father complex. So daddy issues, father complex, that word, those two words get tossed around so often these days. But if you want to know what father complex is, we have a piece of, we have an article there that gives you the basics of father complex and father issues. And then what we do is we, if you want to find a practitioner in your area who might deal with that, or if you're willing to work with somebody online and you want to find somebody who might work with father issues, that's a keyword that you can, you can tag. And if the practitioner or various practitioners have also put that same keyword in their profile, they're going to show up in our directory. They're going to show up in your search. Or, or if you're just thinking that you might need help for anything from addiction, anxiety, depression, sexuality, sexual issues, marriage relationship, you can come to the site, you can type in a location and we'll, our, our directory will give you um, a pretty extensive list of every practitioner that we know that is in that general area and we'll map them out for you. And then it's really on you to make the call. We don't, we don't link you directly. We're not sending notes to the practitioners to say, Hey, this person is, uh, this guy has come on the site and he's looking for, we really put the ball in your court. What we want to do is when you're ready as a man to seek help. And the same is true for the child therapy list. When you're ready to get help for your children, we want to be that first step for you. Because if you were to type counseling for men, say into Google, you're going to get a lot of results, but they're not necessarily going to be, a lot of them are going to be ads. A lot of them are going to be based on individual therapists' um, um, optimization, their own marketing. You're not necessarily going to get the best selection. What we strive to do is to have quality selection for when you're ready to take that step. Now, we always finish our interviews with what we like to call our Fatherhood Five, where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a parent. Are you ready? Let's go. In one word, what is fatherhood? Stewardship. When was a time that you finally felt that you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? When my daughter unprompted gave me a card that spelled out for me the impact and the um, the impact of me in her life. Now, if I was to talk to your kids, how would they describe you as a dad? I think they would say I'm fair. I think they would say I'm funny. I think they would say I'm firm. I think they would say I'm giving. Um, I think they would say that I model for them a way of living where I, I really step into what I'm afraid to do, and I do it. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? I have a great companionship brotherhood with other men that have done similar uh, training uh, and experiences to myself, have been through group, for instance, or been through the Mankind Project, as an example. So I have three really good friends 
who are dads of daughters and sons who really helped me shape who I am as a, as a, as a, in terms of uh, being a father. But I would say my number one influence was and still is a guy that I, that I first met in group who had no children of his own, but really was that father presence in all of the men that came to group and and that he helped he really understood what it meant to hold your hand out to another individual to help them and just never take that hand away now you've given a lot of advice throughout this entire conversation today but if you were to give one piece of a, a final advice to dads today what would you give? I think it's the same. It's a theme that I've said maybe per several times in this in this interview, which, by the way, I've thoroughly enjoyed. And that is to discover what you're afraid of and do the work to come through what really scares you. If you're really scared of having an intimate, deep, intimate, trusting bond with your with your uh, your spouse, then do the work that's getting in the way of you having that. If you're not fully seeing or experiencing your potential when it comes to work, if you're not really turned on by what you do on a day-to-day basis, then do the work to get underneath that and figure out what you're truly afraid of about being successful, about your full potential. And if your kids trigger you and challenge you, then dive in and try to figure out what's at the heart of how come you're being triggered and look at what you're afraid to be rather than what you're resisting being. Well, Dale, I truly appreciate you sharing all of this today. If people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Well, I have a, a website, dalecurd.com. That's my primary site for, for counseling and for coaching, for sure. Uh, but I'm also reachable through, uh, you can send me an email at membersmatter at themenslist.com. Um, that's our info. Uh, or membersmatter at thechildtherapylist.com. It's a great way to reach me. Well, Dale, I've truly appreciated you being on today. It's been great talking to you. And I encourage everyone to go and check out the men's list, check out the child therapy list. As I said, I will put links in the notes today for you to be able to access those and take the next step. Take the next step for yourself to be able to be the best dad that you can be. Thanks again, Dale, for being here. Well, thank you, Chris. It's been awesome. I really appreciate your compassionate and caring tone. You're a real safe place, I think, for dads and for men and helping them become better dads uh, for their daughters. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. 
And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals We buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be